Thank you, Kevin, Jill. Thank you, choir, for that uh, early Christmas present. That was beautiful. And I'll receive that as a prayer. My name is uh, Drew Smith, uh, pastor here at College Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome you all here physically, those that are um, online as well. Uh, today we're going to talk about surprise calls, all kinds of surprise calls. I received one less than 24 hours ago because you probably realized, I know we look alike, but I'm not Samuel Mock. And he's in your bulletin to preach. He's uh, at home with a virus, w- wanted to come preach with a mask, and I said, uh, that's probably not a good idea for a variety of reasons. But right after the funeral, I had in this place, got a call from him. And uh, so here we are. Got that call and then started to think about, hmm, how do you handle shocking calls? And it took me till this morning to sit down and say, huh, I think our passage today is a perfect illustration of how to handle shocking calls. Both of them, because that's exactly what happened to Mary and Joseph. Very unexpected calls. Let's explore what they do with it together. And I really mean we'll explore together (laughs) what it is. Let's, uh, let's continue. If you haven't already started to be in prayer, pray. Almighty God, we do thank you for your written word that speaks to us of your truth. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, the breath of heaven that does strengthen us, that does demonstrate your nearness, that empowers us and loves us as we seek to walk in your ways. Give us guidance and direction through your word. Apply it in each of our lives. According to your good and perfect will. According to the plans that you have. Just like you did for Mary and Joseph. May your word, your call, apply to us. And we receive it in the same way. Continue to work within us. So that we are ready every day, more and more, to hear your call. And trust in you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, our first passage is Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18 through 25. Hear the word of the Lord. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man... And unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to make Mary, to take Mary as your wife, 
For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she'd given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. And then Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the other side of this dynamic duo. In the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What two great examples of how to handle an unexpected call. Trust, dependence. Nothing is impossible with with God. As you say, I will do. There are a whole lot of questions. A whole lot of uncertainties. A whole lot of I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't even know what six hours brings. But right now, this is God's call upon you, upon me. Then my step is to receive and take the next step that I can take. And then go from there. This is a great example of trust. Of faith. You know, we, we imagine that they had to face a lot of ridicule, a whole lot of questions, certainly a lot of confusion in themselves and others and disbelief. I mean, you can imagine all the stuff that might have happened between the families as Mary's pregnant. Joseph says, yes, but it's by the Holy Spirit. And Mary says, we're going to take it. We're going to stay together. I mean, all that would be absolutely crazy, let alone what they're going to face as they're raising the one with such potential, such promise. But... None of that's in the text. 
We imagine it's going to happen. But what, what Matthew and what Luke want us to see is, no, at the core, what they did was say, okay, I trust you. I believe you. So I'll take the next step. And then we'll see what happens. That's what the life of following Jesus is. It's a life of trust. Because what happens is you take that next step and you say, okay, hey, all right. I can be here. Now I can even jump a little. Then I can even dance a little. All right. Then the next call. But I like it here. I like it right here. I can dance. This is great. No, here's the next call. Okay. It feels all right. Sort of like walking on frozen ice. You know, is it going to hold me? I don't hear any cracking. You get there. All right, it can hold me. It's firm. Then I can learn to dance again. That's the walk that Mary and Joseph are showing us. And what's, what's beautiful here, it's not about the faith. It's not about getting a bunch of bravado. I'm going to change the world. It's no, I'm just going to take the next step for Jesus. Because what matters is not your faith. What really matters? How thick is the ice? <laughs> That's what really matters. What matters is the faithfulness of God. And Mary and Joseph have enough of that. The mustard seed, Jesus tells us. A mustard seed of faith. That's what they have. Mustard seed of faith to to take that next step. That's why we have sprinkles of trust. Now, I went back and forth with sprinkles of trust. Ah, sprinkles, that seems weak. Well, it is, and it's supposed to be. It's not our faith that is strong. It's God's faithfulness. Because we can have really strong faith in a whole lot of stuff. And if it's false, it doesn't matter how strong your faith is. We can have just a little bit of faith in what's true and beautiful and good. And that is where we find life. So that's Mary and Joseph have sprinkles of trust here. They said, okay, we'll do what you want us to do. And they left the rest to God. And what they were called to do the next day. And that's the other thing about trust. It's the other thing about faith is it leads to action. It leads to taking steps. It leads to taking the next step. It leads to say, okay, will this one hold me like the last one? Okay, it will. And then learning to dance there and then taking the next step as God leads. It leads to action. Over and over again, Jesus says, you know, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. If you trust me, you'll do what I say. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Doesn't it just make sense if we really believe that God is God and God is wise? God knows me better than I know myself. He knows what the world has in store. He knows the big picture. He knows the plan. Then I am a fool not to do everything he says, right? Faith leads to action. 
It leads to obedience because we trust him and we find him true. And yet my experience with me and with many of others is that we have to relearn that over and over and over. It's why we confess every Sunday. Because there's some time during the week that we thought we knew better than God. And I wonder right now, some of you are, you know, you're in disobedience. You're doing your own thing in some aspect, some element of your life. You're doing your own thing. You're really not following the way of God. You're putting it off. You might know it. You're ignoring it. All the rest, you know, that's what we do. Why? Why? Take take time to, to sit with that before God. And let him reveal where you're not believing him. Because that's really the core issue is that I'm not when I'm going my own way instead of God's, I'm going the way that I think is best instead of going God's way. And I'm not believing that God really does know what's best. So uh, for for you, if if that's uh, where you are or just put down the back of your head, when you realize it this week, stop in the midst of you going your own way, denying whatever God wants you to do and stop. Okay, what am I believing right now? Talk to God about it. God hadn't abandoned you. Like uh, Colleen said, God welcomes us to come back to him. That's why we recount the confession every Sunday. But come back to him and and then say, what what is it I'm believing? What am I believing here about God? What wrongly am I believing about God? What wrongly am I believing about myself? Name it. Confess it. Know that God believes you. And and that on this journey, he'll continue to lead us to take the next step of trust, of faith. Whatever the call is, whatever the call that he's making on you, it can be big, it can be really little. But whatever area of our lives to be thinking about that. That God knows what's best. As we talked about, you know, a couple months ago. He knows what's best for the money that he gives us. He knows what's best for the time that he gives us. He knows what is best for how our bodies be taken care of and then used. And he knows what's best for how we make use of the, the influence that he, he's given to us. So in all glory and wisdom and joy. Let's grow in trust and faith and explore how are we not following him in those areas. Now, I um, got to experience uh, some of this of this trust this week from unexpected calls. One was um, I had an inkling this was going to happen. On Wednesday, as I'm preparing for the sermon next Sunday, just reviewing over what this Sunday and what this was and trust, you know, I just had two thoughts and I sent Samuel an email. Hey, Samuel, this just hit me. And if it worked, and we do this a lot, so just, you know, in, in the staff as we have, we know it's coming up on sermons. And if different people have different thoughts, they'll, you know, we'll throw them to one another. And sometimes they land, sometimes, huh, I don't see how that fits. You know, you just never know. But I, hey, I had these two ideas. Let me just remember, you know, that trust 
is just little bitty. You know, the faith of a mustard seed is all that it takes. And the other one um, was that trust always leads to action. Those are my first two points if you're behind. Uh, But I sent him that email on Wednesday. And even when I sent it, huh, that's sort of odd that I'd have such a clear thought on those things at that time. Just mustard seeds. Just mustard seeds. Trusting. Now, I'm not sure that it led to obedience for me. I don't know what the other options were. But I did wonder even then. So when I got the call Saturday, I just sort of chuckled back of my mind. Because I had a nice plan for Saturday. And because of, um, I mean, had funeral Saturday morning, but Kathy, my wife, had been away all week for work the week before. And she got in midnight Friday night. And I was really looking forward to Saturday without anything else. And you know what I ended up doing? I still did the same thing we had planned. We had a hike planned with some friends that we took in the middle of the, or avoiding the raindrops right before and right after. We went shopping, came home cooking, did some cleaning, and did just a lot of talking and catching up. And I was at peace. That was the call in that moment. So I still did the plan for that day. Now, you might be saying, well, I wish I hadn't. I could have waited a day. Also, on Friday, I got a call. And this was really a wild one. See a phone number on my phone that's coming in from North Carolina, Gastonia, which is close to Charlotte. I got, you know, we spent nine years in Charlotte, so I got a lot of friends. Okay, I'll pick it. I'll answer it. Drew? Yes. This is John Wilson. Johnny Wilson? Yeah. Johnny Wilson. Johnny Wilson was my young life leader 40 some odd years ago. My freshman, sophomore, our freshman, sophomore, junior years in high school. And he had had lunch with my boss when young life, when I worked for young life in Durham and then person when I was, we were in Charlotte who was in my small group for eight or nine years. They had had breakfast the morning before and they connected the dots i think they knew that we we had that one another in common and he said give me his number and so he called me on friday morning and just checking in hey how's it going you know 15 20 minutes just to fill in and then as i'm sitting there after he called just overwhelmed in that moment of how God connected to those dots. And I just texted John. I said, Johnny, just wanted you to know thanks for calling. 
Because it makes me realize your faithfulness to the call 42 years ago to hang out with a bunch of high school kids. It wasn't like that Johnny and I were buddy-buddy, but we... He led a young life. Uh, he led a small group that I was in um, uh, for one period of time. And I was in high school. My, my faith was you know, this thin in those days. Just talk about a mustard seed. I mean, the reason I came to Jesus is because my girlfriend, the reason I raised my hand, my girlfriend at the time, who's not my wife, said, if you want me to be, I came to Jesus, and if you want me to be your girlfriend, then you need to come to Jesus too. Okay. That, that's not a problem. So, raise my hand. And Johnny said, okay, come on in. And so we were part of, you know, the Bible study and all that. And so that's just the fact. Barely a mustard seed, right? But Johnny stayed on. And I said, you know, Johnny, just think of the ripples. Because he's ser- serving a variety of ways in ministries in Southern California, in Vancouver, and now Charlotte. Just in, in just a variety of ways. And just think of all the ripples I'm sure you got stories like this. And he said, yeah, I do. But thanks for that. Because who knew, you know, what he was doing and all the other ripples of people that are serving the Lord, you know, as a, as a grocer, as a doctor, as an attorney, as a banker, as a garbage man, as a pastor. Because of his little faithfulness along the way. And how that's true for all of us. We don't know the plan. That was true for Mary and Joseph. I mean, come on. They had to be real focused, real quickly, about food, water, clothing, and a place to sleep. They didn't have time theologically to reflect on the meaning of God's grand plan from Isaiah and the prophets. And and yet, their faithfulness... We see their ripples. Your faithfulness, my faithfulness, my trust in simply taking a step at a time, following God. What are the ripples, you and me, of us? I remember vividly this about two things about Johnny. I'll share with you one now. He was a chaplain for the football team. Even stayed that even like my maybe junior and senior year. I don't think he was on staff at a particular high school, but he was still the chaplain at the football team. And some of you know, I did play high school football. Uh, my senior year, I was a starting offensive guard. Now, I, I weighed a little more, you know, uh, about 20 pounds more, which still doesn't add up to 300, which were <laughs> most offensive linemen are today. But I did, and and we were a a good team for a good bit of our high school. Three three of our four years, we were in the state finals, and we won it one year. But Johnny Wilson would be on the sidelines or up in the stands. And as an offensive lineman, you don't get a lot of accolades. Unless you don't block the dude that smashes the quarterback. You know, you miss the linebacker that's coming in, and he kills, then you... Get a lot of notice, not necessarily accolades, but notice. You make the block, nobody knows. You know, the, the reception is completed because, you know, you're one of the players making the block. The, the, the running back had 10 yards because you made the, the block along with others. You know, people don't notice you, they notice them, the skilled players. 
I can still hear Johnny Wilson from the sidelines. That was a good block, Drew Smith. He always used both names. I don't know if he did that to other people or not, but I think just remember him hearing that, and I can still hear that. And that, that sort of colored my picture of God. You're making the block that if you didn't make it, the play wouldn't work. But nobody else knows that. Well, maybe some of your coworkers do, um, as some of the play, other players do, and uh, other folks, the skilled players, they do, and they're, they're realized, but uh, not, not nobody else. That's, that's the, the, the work that we do. Hold your block. Be, be trust, trusting God. Just with a mustard seed. We may not be Mary and Joseph. But we are Pamela and, and Ted, Penny, Kelly. We're Bill. We're Brenda. We are College Hill Presbyterian Church. The ones that God has called today to continue to carry forth the birth of Jesus in our world. Can you hear him call? Can you hear him say to you, good block, Jim. Good block, Jan. Good block, Joe. Good block, CHPC. Faith of a mustard seed. Because what is impossible with God? Let's pray. Almighty God, we do give you praise and might that you are greater than we can ever imagine. What wisdom, what power, what beauty, what humility, what strength as we consider Mary and Joseph and just the tenuous situation they were in and yet your total strength and power and their simple obedience taking that step with you. Thank you. Thank you for them. Thank you for recording their story. And thank you for Jesus. Uh, We um, come before you, Lord, as as your faithful, sometimes faithful, folks who seek to follow you. And we, we do so in fits and starts and With faith barely as big as a mustard seed. But you are still trustworthy. And you have called us and you continue to empower us and lead us forward. We lift up whatever the different needs are in our lives. Whatever those those places where we're disobeying disobeying you. Where we're not believing you are wise and good and powerful. Enter our lives. Teach us. Mold us. Show us what is true and right and good. And continue to, to make us. Be the people you've called us to be. To, to do that, that, that work, uh, that obedience to you in, in ways that, that makes you shine. You're the skill player. And we get to, to, to do the work in our lives so that you will shine. We, we don't want the, the spotlight on us. We want it on you. Continue to lead us and, and guide us in those ways. 
We lift up those, Lord, in our midst in need of your healing touch, whether it's physically, emotionally, relationally, financially. Those that are in dire need. Lord, we we pray your provision and that you would draw us together as a community to care for one another. And we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who face such challenges and where, where they do face obvious opposition to taking that next step with you. Brothers and sisters around the world who face persecution, who are in war-torn lands, places of natural disasters. Lord, we, we lift them up to you. And may they, they know that nothing is impossible with you. Pray particularly a sense of your visit with them, of your presence with them, that the breath of heaven would indeed strengthen them and let them know you are with them. We lift all of these things unto you in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.